Good day, everybody. I hope that you all are doing well. Welcome to the podcast. I uh, um so today today's gonna be a little bit of an interesting one. Uh we're gonna talk about what everybody's been talking about. That's right, we're gonna talk about Will Smith bitch slapping Chris Rock. It was uh a cheap shot, that's for sure. Completely okay, not completely uncalled for. I'll give him that. But pretty unnecessary. There's so many better ways to handle that, right? Um But what we're gonna talk about that for a little while. Uh I'm gonna kinda go over some of the potential legal implications. It could it could provide, um, and then after that, we're gonna talk about something else that is in the legal realm, and we're gonna talk about the Activision um, lawsuit. Need to pull it up really quick. Uh, the settlement. Um, because that's been, it's been a pretty hot topic. Um, lately, and a lot of people don't quite understand how all of that works. Um, and yeah, there's definitely problems with it for sure, but, um, we'll get to why it is the way it was, uh, why, why it turned out the way it did. So anyways, so, uh, let's talk briefly about or not so briefly however it might go let's talk about will smith and chris rock okay hopefully you all saw that i'm sure most people did 100 million people across the planet did for that matter uh if not more at this point with the internet so Basically, what happens is, if you haven't seen it, uh, what happened is, uh, at the Oscars, Chris Rock was one of the hosts. Chris Rock made a joke about uh, Will Smith's wife, Jada Jada Pinkett, um, by saying, hey, I can't wait to see you in the next G.I. Jane movie. And the reason he said that is because she is bald, uh, because she has a medical condition called alopecia, um, which is something that um, basically makes you lose your hair and you can't grow hair. So um, it's an autoimmune disorder. So, you know, it can be harmful in, in, in that way um, where if you get sick and you have it, it can the the sickness can be exacerbated. So it's it is a a serious thing um and I think in in today's world it it could be pretty devastating to have it. I have um there's a kid I went to high school with uh that had it and got it very young uh and basically had to go bald when he was in high school. Um Charlie Villanueva I think had it. Um, if it wasn't alopecia, it was something similar to it. So, um, you know, people have it, you know, people usually live pretty well on it, but it can be dangerous anytime you get sick with something else. Um, so anyways, um, Chris Rocks, Chris Rocks makes that joke and, um, And uh, he, Will Smith, laughs at first. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith kind of rolls her eyes. Um, and I guess gives like a half laugh to it. Um, and uh, 
then all of a sudden will smith just like gets up from his seat that was in the front row pretty much and uh walks up and straight up bitch slaps chris rock chris rock was like thought he was going to give him like a high five or i don't know you could tell that chris rock was not expecting what was about to happen um and i think the best part of it is how well chris chris rock handled it i mean like that's a humiliating thing to be bitch slapped um especially slapped in front of 100 million people live you know so um you know he handled it pretty well um and kind of just joked it off because he's a pro that's what he does uh you know and then after that will smith says um to him twice keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth um and so they kind of have like a little back and forth with that and then the show moves on so later in the show will smith wins uh oscar for uh best actor uh or best leading male performer uh which i I think is the current title for it and excuse me one second so he wins as was predicted by a lot of people and uh I think that was his first Oscar win, which, hey, makes perfect sense. You know, Will Smith isn't a bad actor. He's not the best actor either. So anyways, he wins uh, and goes up and gives a speech and kind of half-assed apologizes on the whole situation. Um, so that's that's kind of the play-by-play. So what everybody, or what a lot of people are wondering is, could could you press charges? Could Rock press charges? Uh, or could Chris Rock sue him? And the day after, uh, I think it was Beverly Hills PD or, or something like that, ironically, um, asked Chris Rock if he wanted to press charges, and he said no. Um, and he, he didn't press charges, um, which is pretty impressive. If you ask me, I mean, I, I certainly would have pressed charges, but that's just the kind of person that I am. Um, so anyways, uh, declines to press charges. Now that being said, uh, he can still sue him. All right. So pressing charges, that means that the the government's going to file formal criminal charges against Will Smith. Um, and when that happens, when the government's getting ready to press charges, a lot of times they'll ask the victim if they want to help, uh, in the case by, by pressing charges and Chris Rock declined. Um, but that doesn't mean that they can't press charges still, uh, against Will Smith. Will they? No, they're not going to. Um, and that's, you know, I think a pretty good discussion or maybe another podcast about the inequalities of, um, the U S legal system in the United States. Uh, but nevertheless, they're not going to press charges. So he's basically going to get away with this. And so the, the, the best point I've seen made, because I've seen arguments on both sides of it, like, you know, he, he did the right thing and I've heard, you know, he shouldn't have slapped. So it kind of anywhere in the gamut of that. But at the end of the day, if you're at work and your boss says something along the same lines, um, and you go up and slap your boss or another coworker, one, you're going to be fired. Two, they're going to press charges. Because even if the employee doesn't, your work can still press charges against you. And you're going to get sued. So, uh, if you take that situation and you apply it to an everyday, you know, 
everyday person, everyday life, it's not going to end up the same way as it did for Will Smith. And, you know, I hope he's uh, at minimum gracious for that, uh, that you can basically, can basically go around and, and hit people uh, without regard for people's well-being or, or regard for the law for that matter. Um, but that's, you know, that's a bigger ethical issue to, to, to deal with. Um, now what I'm most interested for is to see if there are any lawsuits against him. And so I'm going to, um, kind of let you know who all could sue Will Smith. And the list is quite long, okay? Sorry, I'm trying to find something real quick. Hold on, give me one second. Okay, we're back. Sorry about that. Uh, so, the list of people that can sue Will Smith is super long. First, you have Chris Rock, Okay. That's the most obvious one. Chris Rock could easily sue him um, for a multitude of things. Um, so the first one uh, is something called assault and battery. So assault and battery uh, in the world of suing somebody uh, is different than what it is for like a criminal charge because there's assault and battery criminal charges. You know, if you are in some sort of domestic dispute, you'll usually be charged with assault or battery or both. <laughs> and every state has a slightly different definition of those things. But when it comes to civil suits, and a civil suit, if you're unfamiliar, is when one person sues another person. Um, Assault and batteries is slightly different. So assault is just the threat of uh, offensively touching somebody. Okay. Uh, and then batteries actually offensively touching somebody. All right. So those are the first two obvious things. And there's something called intentional torts. And that's important to bring up because intentional torts um, are allow for punitive damages to come in. I mean, what punitive damages are, are a form of punishment, okay? So, in a civil case, you're supposed to just be putting a person in a place that they should have been had the incident not occurred, right? So, breach of contract, you're not going to award the non-breaching party significantly more money than they lost because of the breach, right? You're just trying to put them back in a position they would have been had the breach not occurred, well, for most civil cases, that's that's what happens. But in intentional tort, you're allowed to ask for punitive damages. And what that is, is a jury or a judge saying, what you did was so bad that we're going to make you pay more money to ensure that you don't do it again in the future. Okay? So... um that is is a, a huge implication when it comes to suing somebody for for uh, assault and battery in, or any type of intentional tort. Um. So with that, um, there's another intentional tort, and it's one of my absolute favorite torts. It's called intentional infliction of emotional distress. And this is one of the easiest ways to define intentional infliction of emotional distress. Okay. Will Smith went up there and slapped him instead of punching him um, with the intent of not just causing him physical pain, but with the intent of trying to humiliate him and emotionally damage him. Okay. So, um, that right there is an intentional infliction of emotional distress, right? Um, 
And so that's a really, really big tort because it's, it's hard to negate that tort in a lot of situations. Um, and so when somebody brings that up, it's hard to counteract that unless it's plainly obvious that it wasn't IIED. In this case, it clearly was, right? I, I've never seen a more clear definition than that right there. So, once you get outside of that, you know, he could bring in claims like negligence, recklessness, negligent infliction of emotional distress. Um, you can kind of go on into intentional torts. And I think uh, California has a few others that I'm not super familiar with that they could go down. Um, so that's just the very simple version of what Chris Rock could sue him for. And when you're dealing with that high stature, the dollar value goes up, right? Because that was a huge impact and that could harm Chris Rock's career. I don't think it will, um, but there's a potential that it could. And when you get into things like emotional distress, you know, if he never takes another job as a presenter anywhere because he's afraid somebody's going to slap him for making a joke... Um, that is a loss of income and that's a lot of money. And then you throw in punitive damages. You could easily see a court awarding upwards of a hundred million dollars, um, to Chris rock for this. Um, now if this goes to court between Chris rock and Will Smith, it's going to be settled out of court. No doubt about it. It will never see the light of day in a courtroom, um, which is a little bit unfortunate because I think it would be important to see how it plays out in court. Um, but there's zero chance it ever sees the light of day of an actual courthouse. So um, nevertheless, there are other people that could also sue Will Smith. Basically, anybody that was at the Oscars uh, physically could sue him for intentional infliction of emotional distress. So that's one of the weird things about that because it was an in intentional tort, even though it wasn't against all the other people that were there at the Oscars, simply because it was an intentional tort, everybody else can claim intentional infliction of emotional distress. Right, If you watch the crowd after it happened, it was just kind of deflated. Um, and it, the, the mood totally changed of the Oscars. So, um, you know, they can sue for intentional infliction of emotional distress. And not only could they sue um, Chris, or sorry, Will Smith for that, um, but they could also sue the Academy for that. Now, the intentional affliction would be pretty difficult, but they could easily sue the Academy for negligent infliction of emotional distress because they did not remove him. Uh, and they could also sue the Academy for negligence and potentially recklessness. That would be a really, really hard case to make. Uh, but they could sue the Academy easily for negligent infliction of emotional distress and negligence. Um, if anybody was harmed in any other way, uh, resulting from what happened there. So, uh, and again, if, if somebody doesn't show up to the Oscars next year, because this happened, that's potential lost money. Um, and so it gets increasingly more expensive as you go down this road. Um, so they could sue the Academy for those two things. Um, again, there's some other torts that are kind of smaller that they could sue for. Um, but then uh, the Academy can also sue Will Smith. Uh, and they could sue Will Smith for uh, 
the same things. Intentional infliction of emotional distress, um, potentially negligence, um, endangering a crowd, um, which kind of falls within assault, um, and then some of the different forms of, of negligence that exist, um, or different standards of care for negligence, rather. So there's a lot of available opportunities for the Academy to try and sue Will Smith back. <laughs> now, what would happen in this particular case is they would basically, at, at the beginning, all get combined. Okay. Uh, there's a thing called joint and several liability and um, joint and several liability just says that there might be more people that are liable in a given situation. And so, you know, if, if somebody sues in the audience, sues the Academy, the Academy can basically turn around and counter sue Will Smith and bring him into the case. If it took place, for example, if it took place in Arizona, you have to bring in Will Smith. There's no other option but to do that. Um, same thing for the security company that was working that night. They clearly failed in what they were supposed to do, which is keep people safe. Um, so Chris Rock could sue them. Chris Rock can sue the Academy for failing to keep him safe. Um, and so you can kind of see how this becomes a really big triangle. So the one question that I think some people will have are is going to be, well, could Jada Pinkett Smith sue Chris Rock for that joke? Uh, and the, the answer is no. Okay. Or rather, it would be very, very difficult, right? I'm a lawyer. I have to hedge everything. Okay. So the chances of a suit from her to Chris Rock succeeding is very, very low. And the reason being because of a case called New York Times versus Sawyer, when you attack a celebrity or a, a public figure, you have to prove actual malice. Meaning you had to you have to prove that the person was doing this to intentionally harm the other person's character. Okay. So this falls under something called defamation law. All right. Defamation is another type of tort includes things like slander, libel, defamation in and of itself. All of those things are covered under defamation law. So when it gets to become a celebrity, then you have to prove actual malice. There's no way that they're going to actually get to prove actual, uh, actual malice in this particular case. And the reason being is everybody knows that if you are an audience member in the, at the Oscars, you are potentially going to be made fun of. That's why they hired the hosts that they do. They're always comedians. Why are they comedians? because they want them to make fun of all the people that are there. Okay. Now it just so happened that the joke was made as, as a result, uh, became more offensive because of her medical condition. Um, and she's allegedly talked about it at length. I didn't know that she had it. Um, I'll be a hundred percent honest until this whole thing happened. Um, so I don't think it's outside of the realm of people not knowing, uh, that you have a medical condition. Okay. So I don't think you're going to be able to prove actual malice. And I think that if you ask Chris rock, would you have made the joke? Had you known she had this medical condition, he probably would not have made the joke. Okay. And you know, it gets into a dangerous territory of playing what if, but the fact remains that joke's not going to happen if he knows, and therefore it's really hard to prove actual malice, okay? So, 
I don't think she has a case against him. I don't think Will Smith has a positive defense against it. Um, to me, like there's a defense to where, you know, if you're charged with assault, but you were reacting to somebody else being violent towards you, then you have a positive defense. You are acting in self-defense, right? There's some limitations to saying incendiary things um, that provoke violence, but there's no way this raises to any of those levels, right? That's reserved for things like hate speech, um, basically any type of assault where somebody is threatening you. Um, and so there's none of those those factors are here in this particular case. So I don't predict any positive defense for Will Smith, and I don't predict any possibility to counter sue um, on, on Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith's behalf. The only thing I could think of is that they might be able to counter sue the Academy for not adequately vetting Chris Rock's questions, but even that is a reach, and it would only negate very little of the potential award uh, that Chris Rock would be entitled to from the Academy and from Will Smith. So, um, I, I just I don't think they have a whole lot of options, and that's the big reason why I don't think this case, if it happens. I'm sure somebody is going to get sued. My guess is that The Rock will probably sue, not The Rock, Chris Rock, will sue, I, I don't think Will Smith would, would bitch slap The Rock. Um, that would be a hell of a sight to see, though. Uh, but I think Chris Rock will s s probably end up suing the Academy for failing to keep him safe. Um I don't think anybody from the crowd will sue the Academy because, you know, most of the people are there that are there uh, want to win an Academy Award someday. And so um, I think that would set a very dangerous precedence. Now, they couldn't legally react to that, but, you know, you, you never know. It could happen. So uh, I don't predict that that would happen, but it could. Um, the potential is there, you know. Um, and in those cases, what would probably happen is they, they, the Academy presumably has a lot of liability insurance, um, and that would pay out. Now there's enough people that if they got into this lawsuit that their insurance wouldn't come close to covering it. Um, but they, they, they would help, I'm sure, uh, in that particular case. So So that's the entirety of the legal situation surrounding the slap heard around, around the world. Um, and again, there's, there's not a whole lot Will Smith can do at this point. And, you know, he's already kind of messed up his chances because he's apologized twice. Um, when you apologize, you're basically admitting fault and admitting guilt. Um, and so he's already basically admitted to it. And even if he didn't, there's enough evidence there that uh, it doesn't matter at all. All right. So, um, so we'll see how it plays out. I, I presume that if somebody's going to do something, they'll be within the next two weeks um, because you want to, you want to try and get something like this in as quickly as you can. Um, my guess is, you know, the very next day or even that evening, Will Smith talked to his attorney uh, and asked what he should do. And if you look at the, the risk, the apology that he posted, it was clearly written by a publicist and, um, probably vetted by his attorney um 
and they've probably already reached out to Chris Rock to try and make some sort of a settlement. So that's my guess. I have no proof that that's happened. And if I did have proof that that happened, then I wouldn't have said it. So um, that's that's my presumption as to what is going to happen. Um, as for our next topic, uh, the Activision and Blizzard lawsuit. So if you've been following it, this has been one of the re- the biggest sexual harassment lawsuits that have ever um, been filed. And so here's how sexual harassment lawsuits have to be filed. Before you can actually file a lawsuit for sexual harassment, you first have to file a complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. They will look at all the facts, they will perform an investigation, and they will make a decision as to whether or not you have a case to make. If you don't, get their blessing basically to sue um then you can still file the case but it's an extremely uphill battle and a series of motions to dismiss that you're gonna have to try and get around and you're basically gonna have to prove that the eeoc was incompetent okay in this case the eeoc worked on the behalf of the clients, which tells me that the EEOC said that there was adequate evidence that sexual harassment did in fact occur. Okay. So there are a couple of different ways to look at this. All right. So right now I'm looking at an article from the Washington Post um, that's kind of discussing it really quick. Uh, it was written by, let me find the author, Shannon Lau. So Shannon Lau's article in the Washington Post uh, says that this, this particular lawsuit is a lawsuit specifically between the EEOC and Activision itself. And this is how they go about kind of finding companies that are accused of sexual harassment. Now, because under the law, a business is qualified as a person, they are entitled to due process. So they have to go through the trial. Now, the I don't know exactly how many... Um, cases were in this I'm trying to see how many people were in the lawsuit unfortunately I probably will not know I was looking for the the title of the case um, so anyways, depending on how many people were involved, we'll set the standard for what the settlement was. Um, now, a settlement just means that the EEOC went to Activision and said, look, if you agree to this settlement, we'll stop the case. Okay. Usually, um, and this was a, a, a consent decree, um, which means both parties agreed to the, 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 um, effectively plea agreement, even though it's not a criminal case, the settlement action, which had to be approved by a judge. Um, and so anyways, um, the uh 
when when they filed the lawsuit, it goes through a bunch of different steps where you make motions, you do investigative hearings, you do um, something called discovery where you find all of the evidence and go through it, and everybody's responsible for uh, examining the evidence, so on and so forth. Um, but anyways, um, this will... Sorry. Um, so this, this part of the settlement just, and this is a very typical part of, of a court case. And the reason why it's, it's a very typical part is because judges tend to look very favorably towards settlements, unless they're clearly in one side's favor over the other. And there's been some sort of maybe bad faith attempts at settling um, judges will typically take that. And the reason why is because the American court system is full of cases. So, well, yeah, this is a really big, very important case. There is probably 10,000 other sexual harassment cases that are sitting behind this that need to be resolved. So when they are settling, they're doing so for the equity of the court so that they have not the equity, the, the, the efficiency of the court rather, uh, so that they can get to other cases that they need to hear. Uh, and ultimately that's why, in my opinion, the judge approved this very, very low settlement, um, for Activision. Um, and that's the biggest complaint I've seen. And I don't disagree with those, those complaints is that uh, if you look at how much the, the former CEO of Activision Blizzard made, which is in the hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, Bobby Kostick or Kodak, sorry. Um, that no that's the current one i'm trying to find the former I'm trying to find the former ceo Um, trying to find, oh, well, I can't find it. So, um, anyways, their CEO, their former CEO that basically oversaw the entirety of this work environment is going to be making at the end of the day, hundreds of millions of dollars where these people that went through a very difficult work environment have to basically share, uh, at this point, $18 million. And that sounds like a lot, but typically, depending on the number of people that are within this case, and for what it's worth, that $18 million is an amount of money that Activision had previously set up to help fund all of the people that were um, uh, being or, or were accusing them of being of sexual harassment. Um, so anyways, um, this, they had that $18 million, uh, the $18 million settlement between Activision and Blizzard uh, to the EEOC. Some of that money can go to pay off um pay off that sounds terrible to uh help pay uh the people that were aggrieved in this situation um but it also goes to 
lots of other things. So um, in the long run, this $18 million, and again, part of that, well, not in this situation, but um, you know, that $18 million isn't really a whole lot of money, especially when you look at the fact that you know, their market share is insane. I think they're the fourth largest video game publisher out there. Um, and uh, they, their CEO makes hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, their former CEO made hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, and now that they're part of Microsoft, you know, that that's even more infuriating because now they even have more money. Uh, available to them. So um, it feels like a very insulting settlement between the EEOC and, and Blizzard. And again, I would suggest that, yes, um, I, I would agree this is, is very low, but this is how it works. Um, and, and it's, it's valid to note uh that not only is there this lawsuit, but there is a lawsuit of the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. Um, there's lawsuits from shareholders and there's lawsuits from other employees. So like I said, some of this money will go to the employees, but not many of them, not much of the money. And so they still have to fight their own personal lawsuits uh, of which the EEOC helps them with, which is good. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot more to come. You know, uh, my guess is, and, and that's one of the big problems with settlements, is generally settlements are under seal, which means nobody can look at them. Um, when you enter into a settlement with the federal government, it's a little bit harder for it to be under seal. Um, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have to look and see if I can find this. Let me go to the EEOC website and see if I can find it real quick. Um, so let me see if they've published. There it is. Okay. So I did find it, which is good. Um, so that's good. It goes... There we go. Settlement documents, the consent decree. How long is it? So only 47 pages. Not bad. Um, so anyways, I, I'll have to look through this whole thing. Um, but a lot of times you won't see these consent decrees uh, online that, that you can find uh, anywhere. Um, and so it's, it's good. I mean, that's kind of the advantage because what's going to happen with all of the subsequent cases, uh, is that they're probably going to be settled in a very short period of time after this. So you have to look at a settlement in two ways. First settlements generally don't assign guilt. Okay. Now that's more, you know, person versus person civil litigation. But even when, um, even in cases like this, um, a lot of times, basically, what it says is that they're not, they're being Activision Blizzard, uh, is not, um, Defendants will pay all costs associated with the selection of retention of claims administrator. Sorry. Um, they're, they're not saying that they're guilty effectively, right? Again, this isn't a criminal case. I mean, it kind of is, but not really. Um, so while this isn't necessarily 
you know, at the end of the day, most settlement agreements do not have any uh, uh, assigning of guilt, okay, uh, or assigning of responsibility. And I like I'm trying to look through this really quick while I'm talking to see if I can find um, if there is uh, any sort of of discussion of of responsibility here. And I don't I don't see anybody yet or see anything yet. Um, but they do have to go through like a bunch of audits and and different things from the EEOC. Um, to make sure that they're continuing to not have any sort of complaints of sexual harassment or or discrimination of any any way. And so if you go act ask Activision and they kind of said as much in the the news article I was reading is they they're not they're happy with the results of this case. And if you went and said, "So, are you saying that you are hereby guilty?" of sexual harassment. Their spokes lawyer is going to get up and say, no, we're not saying that. We just felt like it was in the economic benefit of us and our shareholders to agree to this plea agreement. And we think it'll make an overall better difference for our business. Some bullshit like that. Okay. So, um, when that happens, the layperson is going to look and say, all right, well, Activision and Blizzard is clearly guilty of committing this terrible and heinous act. And they're going to say, no, we're not. We just agreed to settle it. That's all. That's all we're doing. We're just agreed to settle it. Uh, so that's what they've done. They've settled it. Uh, and they can kind of claim that they are not uh, necessarily guilty. Um, which is kind of lame and stupid for them. Um, but that's the unfortunate truth of the matter. Now, they're not going to be stupid. Okay. They're not going to be stupid. They're going to realize that they lost and they were lucky that they only had to pay $18 million. If this went to trial, my guess is it would be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. And again, I don't know the facts of this case super well. Um, but this has been such a highly public thing that they basically won this case by only having to pay $18 million. But again, they still face all of those other lawsuits again from the, 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 uh, Economic Department of Fair Housing uh, in California, the shareholders and the former employees. Um, because there's a lot of employees that maybe weren't part of the EEOC de decision um, that maybe haven't spoken up yet and will still try to sue. Um, now, chances are, if they try and sue, they won't be entitled to some of the money from this $18 million fund. Um, so the, the big one is going to be the lawsuits from the shareholders. So this is something not, not a lot of people know. When you're a shareholder of a company, uh, the company has an obligation to you to do what it can to make sure that the value of the company does not decrease. Okay. Now, there's a lot of in-between in that area, okay? There's a lot of gray in there. But if a company does something and takes an action that clearly is the cause for the drop of the value of the share of stock that you own, then you have a right to sue them for causing your shares of stock to drop in value. So in this case, because of the alleged sexual harassment, the shareholders sued Activision and basically they can get money back that they lost because of the actions that in this particular case, Activision Blizzard didn't take um, to help stop this 
uh, culture, uh, this frat boy culture, as they call it. So um, there are still a lot of lawsuits out there. And I think, um, you know, they probably could have increased the settlement value by quite a bit, but Activision Blizzard did a really good job of negotiating it down to just $18 million, which is absolutely nothing. I will tell you that right now. It is absolutely nothing. Um, and is, is not going to go very far. If this was just one person out of the entirety of the company, then first of all, this wouldn't have been an $18 million settlement. It would have been a $2 million settlement. Uh, and then they might have gotten a little bit more money. But $18 million suggests to me that there are, you know, 50 to 100 people at minimum. Uh, available to sue Activision Blizzard for this particular um, cultural breakdown, we'll call it. Um, so anyways, that's that's what's going on with this case, and there's still a lot more to be resolved. This isn't the end of it um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, we'll continue to keep an eye on it. Um, but, you know, this is such a clear win for Activision Blizzard uh, that my guess is, let's look it up. My guess is that their stock value has gone up just today from this. Okay, it's down three cents or thirty two cents today. But my guess it's going to rise very soon. I mean, if I didn't have such a fundamental problem with that company to begin with, I would definitely invest in them today and for what it's worth their market cap is 62.8 billion dollars 62.8 billion dollars and they settled for 18 million dollars so when you read similar stories this is something that i see played out a lot um, when you read similar stories, you know, um, you'll see the company complaining that they have to pay so much money and that there needs to be legislation to help cap how much somebody can sue them for. And it's, it's something called tort reform and it's the most bogus bullshit idea that has ever come up in the world. Um, you know, a lot of businesses claim, you know, there's all of these frivolous lawsuits out there by people that are just trying to get rich quick. Well, you know what? Courts do a pretty good job of keeping frivolous lawsuits out. And two of the what is it? 12 years now I've been a lawyer. The most frivolous lawsuits that I've ever seen are from corporations. It's as simple as that. Corporations that all sit there and, and complain about frivolous lawsuits. They're the ones that file more frivolous lawsuits. And the reason being is, is they have a lot of money to do that. So they can kind of push people around and get what they want. Do all corporations do that? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. But when it comes down to analyzing who files more frivolous lawsuits, 10 to 1, big businesses file more frivolous lawsuits than individuals do. 10 to 1, at minimum. The big difference is, those big corporations generally get their lawsuits heard in court. 
where Joe Schmo, it files a ridiculous lawsuit, isn't going to go anywhere. They're not going to be heard in court. They don't have the financial means to be heard in court. Okay. And you can like it or hate it, but that's the truth of the American legal system. Money wins. Okay. And so you're going to hear complaints from Activision Blizzard that they've had to pay all this money or they, they made such a big deal about, you know, they've paid all of this money to the, to the victims and they've changed their ways. And it's not mostly true. Okay. It's mostly not true. Um, now either party could, in this case, could file an appeal. Um, I doubt that they will. Uh, the only one I could see, uh, is the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing could potentially, because I think they were part of this lawsuit. Um, let me go back to this. Double check to see that they are. No, it's just the US EEOC. Um, but they could potentially appeal it because they're kind of a, a, a plaintiff by proxy. Um, and so they could try and appeal it, uh, as could any person that was part of it. Um, but generally, those don't go anywhere. Um, but it would be fascinating to see if... Uh, the DFEH and some of the people that were part of this lawsuit uh, ended up appealing the decision. And basically what you would have to appeal in that particular case is that the judge made a clear erroneous decision um, that they shouldn't have made uh, and that the EEOC uh, negotiated in bad faith. Um, both two very, very, very uphill battles um that they're they probably won't win but it would be interesting to kind of see um that kind of a situation um occur so um i don't know we'll, we'll we'll see how this case goes um you know i'm i'm interested to see what happens uh in the future with the the all of the other cases that are going on um but this is kind of the big one that everybody was waiting for and i think uh, $18 million was a bit of a, was a bit deflating, um, which I, I totally and completely understand. Um, and I agree with, I, I think that it's, it's unreasonably low. Uh, but again, I, I understand why, uh, why that was the number, uh, it was kind of advantageous for, uh, Activision It was very advantageous for them to take it. The EEOC can move on to other cases. I'm sure it's completely backlogged. Uh, and the court accepted it because now they can move on to other cases and clear their calendar. So, um, you know, that's that's a big deal. That's an important thing. Um, and so you always have to kind of balance those issues uh, when you're looking at, at settlement agreements. Um, but... You know, to me, I think this this shows that not as much as I'd want to, but it shows that Activision is is taking some responsibility for what they did, um, and trying to rectify the situation the best that they can, um, in a way that will actually appease their shareholders. And I I think shareholders should be, you know, it's hard to say this, but just in the sense of being a shareholder, they should be pleased with this. Uh, because that's a lot less money that's coming out of the shareholders' pockets um, than what is what potentially could have been coming out of their their pockets for this particular case. So, anyways, that's uh, our our two topics for today. I'm going to try and get an extra podcast posted by the end of this week. We'll see. I'm I'm waiting to to talk with somebody. Um, we should have guests coming up for the next couple podcasts. Um, 
And so I'm excited for that. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll keep you all updated on how that goes. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for the guests that we're going to have. Um, so, uh, I can't wait to, to hear from them and, um, move on in the future. So thanks for listening. Have a great day. And I'm going to figure out how to have intro and exit music on this. But we'll talk to you all later.